usually I ask a guest uh, what song they would like uh, for us to go out on at the end of the show. And I'm Every Woman was the selection uh, of my cousin, uh, Dr. Tamara Foley. And since it's Women's History Month, I thought it'd be great to begin with the song.
that, of course, was the one and only Whitney Houston doing um, Every Woman. Happy Women's History Month. This month of March is Women's History Month. And we uh, salute the contributions that women have made throughout the beginning of this world. The mothers, the sisters, the aunts, the cousins, uh, the politicians, the engineers, the homemakers, you name it. They have been in the thick of our being because without them, we would not be. So we salute all the women of the world, past, present, and future. I'm jazz artist Brettina, and I love listening to The Alvin Galloway Show every Sunday, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. on RadioPhoenix.org for conversation, information, music, and culture. So stay tuned as you tune in for an intellectual tune-up on The Alvin Galloway Show. How do we see our lives? All right, welcome to the Alvin Galloway Show here on RadioPhoenix.org. And on this segment of the show, we launch our inaugural series entitled, Booked, Binding Words and Thoughts. On this segment, the first Sunday of every month, we invite authors to talk about their books that they have written and a little bit about themselves. And we kick it off with a very special person, none other than my cousin, Dr. Tamara Foley. And her father and my mother were sister and brothers. Uh, blessings to their, their spirit, their soul, and their legacy. Dr. Foley is an independent consultant for Education for All Now, LLC. Dr. Foley began her professional career in education over 30 years ago, she has conducted training in various areas of education. As a lifelong learner, she has presented to students in Lima, Costa Rica through an invitation from the United States Embassy. Dr. Foley spent a month exploring special education supports and services in Hungary and the Czech Republic through a Fulbright scholarship. She has worked supporting the schools where she was an administrator in the area of literacy as well as academic evaluations of students with disabilities. Dr. Foley assisted with the implementation of the Reading First Grant while serving as a principal. Dr. Foley has previously worked as an executive director of teaching and learning Director of Secondary Special Education, as well as a principal and teacher. She worked directly with students with disabilities, as well as the at-risk population. She has been a mentor, as well as a coach to former teachers throughout her career. She has been an advocate of literacy, ensuring that all students were provided an opportunity to improve academically. She's the author of Cassie's Big Change, going from the living room to the classroom, and Cassie's Big Change, how COVID-19 changed the way we learn. And we will hear from her after a little bit of music.
ever be Michelle Williams uh, yes Michelle Williams singing you say yes um, she's our homie my cousin and I um, from Rockford Illinois and uh, from our neighborhood and she had a little help from her friends from Destiny Child uh, Beyonce and Kelly Rowland here on the Alvin Galloway show and I'd like to welcome my cousin, Dr. Tamara Foley. Uh, first things first, uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Fantastic. Fantastic. So it, it's so good to uh, talk with you and to see you. And uh, even though it's uh, virtually, <laughs> it's been some time since we actually seen each other in person. It has been. Let me ask the most important stuff. Uh, how's uh, Auntie and, and Sean and the rest of the family doing? Everybody's doing very well. Thanks. Good. Good. Everybody's doing well. Thank you. Tell them I said hello. You know, you have, uh, you know, you, you learn something new about people, um, uh, especially relatives, when they when they send you their, their bio. Uh, it's very interesting and uh uh, great stuff that you have been doing uh, um, in, in during your career. Uh, what made you decide to uh, go into education? Well, you know, I had always um, been doing some things, you know, with babysitting and or whatever. And I wanted to actually go to law school. Mm. But my parents, you know, being very honest as they are, said, we don't have enough money to send you to law school. We can't afford it. So maybe you need to think of something else. So education was really uh, something I had a passion for mm -hmm. and um, have really enjoyed it. So through the babysitting experience, 
uh, I feel, felt like I was able to connect with children and help them. And that's why I went into special education because I babysat uh, a young child that had a lot of special needs. Mm. Interesting. 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 And so how long have you been in teaching special education? So I did um, special education for about um, 10 years and then uh, taught general education for a little while and then went into administration. Okay. Uh, so were you teaching in Rufford? What schools in, in, in Rufford were you teaching at? So I taught at uh, Fairview or McIntosh. And I taught at Lewis Lemon Global Studies Academy. I think I remember those. Those are on the, on the west side. Those on the west side? Yes. Yeah. yes. Okay. All the schools I taught in were on the west side. Oh, okay. I'm trying to remember the sides of my hometown. <laughs> <laughs> and so you got into uh, administration. And so how did that come about? So my first administrative job was as an assistant principal um, at Lewis Lemon Global Studies Academy, and then I moved into the principalship. But um, it was really a great experience. It was wonderful um, to do that in the, my hometown. And, you know, you see people at church, you see people at the grocery store, you know, it's, it's that community. And um, so it, it was really a, a fulfilling process and a fulfilling um, career. And so then I moved into administration, uh, went back into special ed for a little while, and then um, moved out of Rockford for uh, just another great opportunity uh, in my career. And I see from your bio, you did some teaching and, and training overseas. So I went to uh, Limon and just and did something at the Limon Library, and that was through uh, a friend that worked um, at the embassy, and so was able to go uh, really engage with a family there, and um, just meet the children, meet the people, and actually have uh, a great experience. We were actually presented during Black History Month. And did, um, right, and did some work with them on um, sharing of Black history. So that's how that came about. But it was a just a wonderful experience to be able to share in another country. And so how was the uh, Czech Republic? The Czech Republic in Hungary was a, a whole different experience. Um, we were really on an educational visit. And so we were looking at um, all the the architect and all of that, but also had a lot of conversations with people in the education field there and how things were different. I was able to visit a school um, that and talk to a teacher that actually taught special education. So just trying to find out what some differences were, how were things different over there than over here, than in the States. Mm -hmm. And what we found is there are some things that are different, but we have so many similarities. Um, so I wasn't finding a whole lot of differences that I thought I might find um, over in another country. Oh, okay. okay. And how did the, the, how did the uh, writing bug uh, hit you? <laughs> well, I always wanted to write uh, a children's book. And so probably, it's probably been more like 12 years ago, I started writing one and um, of course, you know, family members are always quite honest and they said, oh, you have too many characters. You just, it's just too, you know, it's too much going on. So I stopped and said, okay, maybe I'll do this later, you know, when I retire. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. And I have a friend, um, Dr. Sharon Waddle, and she encouraged me to write a book with her. And that was actually my first book. Oh, and okay. so we, she had already written several books. Um, so that's when we wrote, congratulations, graduate, you have arrived at the beach. And so we wrote that one um, together. After that, I still wanted to write my children's book. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that was, that was something I've always wanted to do. That was kind of my dream. So I went ahead and started working on it and working through, I call it a journey. 
because mm-hmm. it's a process, right. um, not only in writing, but just in doing everything you think, oh, all I have to do is write this book and that's it. But there's so much more to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to come back after a little bit. And this is the Alvin Galloway Show. Support for Radio Phoenix comes in part from Native Health, located at 4041 North Central Avenue, Building C, near the corner of Central Avenue and Indian School Road in Phoenix. Native Health provides primary medical, dental, behavioral health, WIC, and wellness services for the urban Native American community. More information is available at 602-279-5262 or online at nativehealthphoenix.org. This is Tara Laurie of Youth World Education Project. You're listening to The Alvin Galloway Show. Stay tuned as you tune in for an intellectual tune-up. The Alvin Galloway Show, Sundays 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. for conversation, music, and culture. Check out Youth World Education Project at youthwep.org. Stop. 
the one and only Mr. Stevie Wonder and the song Black Man. This is the Alvin Galloway Show and on this segment of the show I have uh, Dr. Tamara Foley and she is an independent consultant for Education for All Now LLC and she is an author, a fantastic person uh, because she's my cousin, but not just because she's my cousin, but she's a great person doing some great work. We're talking about her journey and writing her book. Uh, you said, uh, before we went to break, uh, it's a process. Uh, tell us a little bit uh, about the process and maybe some of the challenges you had. The first thing was actually just taking the time. And then once you get I got the words down, then having to go back, revise it. How does it sound? Will it work? Um, Just going through all those. I had a group of people critiquing it um, because sometimes what we have in our head doesn't always get on the paper. You think you're saying it, but that's not really what you're saying. So I had a a group of people just, you know, critiquing as I as I uh, went along. So getting that done, and then once you have the words and everything, one, making sure it's not too long, because it is a children's book, Mm -hmm. Um, and then going through the finding an illustrator, you know, all all this was new territory for me. I had never done this. So finding the people that had been through it that knew, um, because our first, the first book that we published, um, I published with Dr. Waddle, we actually did a traditional publishing route mm-hmm. so we actually published with a um a company mm-hmm. and so it was that was a little different process and this process was very different in that i had to find an illustrator it, it, just the whole book piece and find somebody doing the characters and then you have to write out very um detailed descriptions because you have in your mind what you want your character to look like but you have to be able to communicate that to someone drawing it. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. That, so it was a lot of time back and forth, a lot of changes, <laughs> a lot of changes. You know? so, so, and a lot of time. And a lot of time. <laughs> so that process uh, from uh, beginning to end, it take about a year or a little bit more, a little bit less. Um, it was not a year. It was probably more um, like three months mm-hmm. to get through the process um, and then to go through and, and finally get to um, the publishing piece mm-hmm. and making the decision where, where are you going to publish? Um, and then what do you do after you publish. And I think that was, that was the shocker. (laughs) (laughs) Getting it out there so people can uh, purchase it and read it. Absolutely. And nobody ever tells you, even when we did the traditional piece and when I did, you know, as an independent um, author is nobody, a self-published author, nobody tells you that you you have to market your book. Like nobody's going to come because people, you know, millions of people are publishing books. Right, right. And so what what makes yours stand out? What makes mm-hmm. yours something that somebody's going to buy? Or how do they even know it's available? Right. right. So just that, you know, that whole process. And it's still a work in progress. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I liked um, 
Um, cause you know, I, I purchased a couple books for my grandkids and yes, uh, I, I liked like your, your, yeah. I liked your website and uh, the, your, your packaging and all that comes, all that comes in the process of the, of the journey, uh, making a marketable product and, uh, the work that you put into it. Right. So do you participate in book fairs? And uh, I see you do seminars and everything. Yes, I do. And um, since I wrote the children's book during um, COVID and because, you know, I have mom, I don't do a lot of things in person right now. Not yet. So I've done a lot of virtual book fairs and a lot of virtual things. So this week is actually um, Black Children's Week. Um oh, and there is a Black Children's Week Museum. And so um, two of my books are in the museum. Oh, that's great. And so that's really, yeah, that that's really neat. And so participating in everything I can um, virtually with other authors, um, you know, interviews, podcasts, anything I can do. I've done uh, news releases, you know, anything just to keep my books in front of people right. and and keeping that relevance of what's going on in front of people mm -hmm. so you started the book be before covid uh am i correct yes that was congratulations graduate you okay. have arrived at the beach that was right that was prior okay so that book what what did that book entail so that book really is is a card we were just going to do a very small book card and it ended up being a little larger than a card um and that is just was a unique experience for us in trying to share with high school graduates or other graduates maybe some things that parents had already talked to them about but they really hadn't um grabbed a hold of and so just trying to share with them what are some things you need to be thinking about um especially um when we're talking about uh, experiences with the police, goals, you know, what do you do? What do you do next? What are some things that you should be thinking about? So that's really what that book is, is really something to help them um, become a lifelong learner, but also something to help guide them as they um, matriculate through life. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, um, now your more recent book, Cassie's Big Change, COVID. Cassie's Big Change, Cass how COVID-19 changed the way we learn. Yes, yes, yeah, COVID has changed a lot, uh, not only in, in this country, but around the world, definitely. So uh, how did you begin to implement uh, those, those instances uh, in your book? So, you know, dealing with um, being an educational consultant, and then, you know, attending webinars and, and, and always, you know, always taking classes to keep my certifications um, up and talking with teachers, just listening to how kids were doing. And, you know, during the, the beginning of COVID and even still now, kids were not always doing well. And none of us were because we all were going through collective trauma, mm. you know, um, and as a nation, we were going through collective trauma. And so I wanted to really write a book from the child's perspective. We always are looking at how are the, what are the, the families doing, but how are the kids feeling? And what are they thinking as, you know, one day they're in school, the next, they think they're only going to be out for two weeks. You know, we all did. We all thought it was only going to be a couple of weeks. Right, right. Everything was going to be back to normal, but that's not how it's been two years later. Right, right. So I think uh, I just wanted to write it from that perspective. Um, touch on some social emotional learning um, objectives and really helping kids to process their feelings and helping adults to help them process their feelings so that they're not. Um, left out there not knowing what's going on. And I think they were getting so much media that all of that could be negative. And we have we had to really address children's mental health. And this is the Alvin Galloway Show here on RadioPhoenix.org. And we'll return with Dr. Foley in a minute. 
One way you can support Radio Phoenix is by becoming one of our sustaining donors. For your financial gift, sustainers receive discounts, savings, and other benefits provided by our sustainer program partners. And don't forget, your financial contribution is tax deductible. For more information or to sign up, call 602-254-6636 or go online to RadioPhoenix.org and click on the Donate tab on the top menu. And we thank you for your generous support of Community Radio. This is Dr. James Rodriguez, CEO and President of Fathers and Families Coalition America. You're listening to The Alvin Galloway Show. Stay tuned as you tune in for an intellectual tune-up. The Alvin Galloway Show, Sundays, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. for conversation, music, and culture. For more information about Fathers and Families Coalition America, visit our website, fathersandfamiliescoalition.org, or text Next Level to 31996.
right, welcome back to the Alvin Galloway Show here on Radio Phoenix. I know I'm going to kill the name. Oh, that was Nereja Bloom, and the song is Nascence. I think it's Nascence. Nascence. It's not Nuisance. I know that, but it's a good song. Anyway. All right, welcome back to the Alvin Galloway Show here on RadioFiends.org. Um, Dr. Foley, so how's that process going with um, addressing the trauma that the children are going through as far as the COVID not, you know, wearing a mask and being separated from their friends and everything? So what we found and what the research has found that children already have been suffering some mental health issues, depression, anxiety prior to the pandemic. And we've seen that exacerbated since the pandemic. As things get back to almost normal and as counselors and therapists and families really have those discussions with children, we'll see children uh, making some changes and hopefully feeling better about themselves, now feeling hopeful um, with them thinking and us hearing the numbers that the pandemic may almost be coming to an end. During the time when children were away from their friends, there was some isolation and children just were lonely. And uh, even in Cassie's big change, how COVID-19 changed the way we learned, Cassie was lonely from her friends because they weren't able to get together and play and do the things that they normally did. In the book, though, the teacher brings them together virtually and has a party and a picnic and doing some things that will help them feel better about themselves, feel better about being um, with other children. So it's been very difficult on the definitely on the children and especially those children who need that socialization. And I'm going to tell you that all children need socialization and we as a people need socialization. And so having them be able to connect, whether it's virtually, um, and now we're seeing more children being able to get back to some normalcy with playing uh, on their leagues, seeing their friends at school. And one of the greatest things, and I know it's been so much controversy, is for children to have been able to get back to school where they're actually being able to interact with their friends in person. Mm. Over over a period of time, um, the will children get back to their regular selves? You know, after you get further away from this pandemic. I think there's a lot of work that still has to be done. I think as schools. Um, implement social emotional learning and talk to kids, make sure that they're uh, dealing with their feelings, making sure that they're doing check-ins with children, making sure that families are doing check-ins. And as parents are also dealing with the difficulties of just life right now, making sure that those families are supported. I think that we will see some changes. Again, mental health, uh, healing, trauma healing takes time. So just because they're back in school doesn't mean that it's all over. It's a process and it's going to take some time to get there. Right, right. The um, this, this, this pandemic has taken, a, I'll say, a toll not only on children and families, but teachers. How are, the, how are teachers doing? Um, there have been a lot of challenges. So. A reference to the mandates and parents being upset by having to wear a mask and hostile at school board meetings. <laughs> yes, definitely. Teachers, you have a group of teachers that have left the profession because of all of this, because of them having to uh, learn technology so quick, having to deal with teaching their own children at home, and teach 
someone else's children. You've had teachers that are having their own um, depression and mental health issues, just dealing with everything and all of the demands that have been put on them. One of the things that I know from talking to teachers and talking to parents is that teachers are feeling much better now that they're back in the buildings. Um, they don't always feel as safe, but I think as the numbers are dropping, they are feeling better about being back there. I had the opportunity a couple weeks, it's been a couple weeks ago to read to a group of children in the Atlanta, Georgia area. And the kids were happy to be back. The teachers uh, appeared to be very happy. And you just saw that camaraderie there that we just didn't see virtually and you don't see virtually. Right. So what's what's next uh, on your plate? Uh. Well, I'm releasing a journal in the next week or so called Exploring My Emotions, a 45-day journal for uh, elementary school age children. And again, it's all about a social emotional learning. It's all about helping children deal with their feelings. And it's also all about helping them to know things that may happen. It's a journal that gives them a picture every day and they can circle how they feel. They're able to answer questions and have just different activities. There's a word of the day. They can change the word if that's not how they're currently feeling that day. We all know that staying healthy and managing our emotions, uh, cutting down screen time for children, helping kids to eat healthy foods, exercising, physical activity, um, and keeping that positive attitude is just so important for everyone, but especially important for children. So that's what's next. And I also be um, marketing some new products. And so that will be out um, actually next month. We'll uh, start the putting those new products out and to go along and bundle with the new journal. So the new journal is really something that complements Cassie's big change going from the living room to the classroom, as well as Cassie's big change, how COVID-19 changed the way we earn, learn. And it really is an independent piece. I want to say that I had children spend time working through the journal prior to us even finishing it. Mm. Because I wanted to get, I had what's a Cassie's crew, a peer review team, and children seven to 11. And I wanted to hear from them what they thought, how they worked through it, what did they find. And you can find those interviews on Education for All Now YouTube channel. And you'll hear from the children as well as from the parents and what that process looked like. That felt like that, that piece of research was very important. And it was very important to hear from them I don't ever want to write or do things where I don't get their perspective, because if we're addressing their needs, we need to hear from them and they need to be a part of the process. Absolutely. That's great. How, how do uh, people um, get in touch with you uh, and your, uh, your books? Uh, how do they, if they want to purchase your books? They want to purchase the book, they can go to cassiesbigchange.com. Um, there's also a contact sheet there if they would like to invite me for virtual readings. Um, all of that's right there on that website. And I'm happy to uh, connect with anyone that is interested in that. I don't charge for the actual reading or um, showing up, but we do ask that schools or organizations do um, purchase the books. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much uh, for all that you do and are doing and will be doing uh, helping our kids uh, get the best education that they can and moving through this process as we go through uh, from the pandemic to back to a quote unquote new, a better normal. <laughs> so yeah. we've been in the new normal. <laughs> we want to get yeah. to a better normal. 
Absolutely. And thank you so much for the opportunity just to share the books and to share what's going on with kids right now. Absolutely. And definitely we'll have you back again. And like I said, so good to see you. So good to see you too. <laughs> um, you, you know, there's a, a mutual friend uh, who didn't know that we were cousins. And, and actually I'm cousins with her. Lynn Tillman, Kathy Tillman. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we grew up right there together. Yeah. We went to high school together. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I forgot how she discovered that we were cousins. I forget. But yeah, uh, we're on in that little circle. So it's it's uh, it's great. Uh, tell everybody that said hello and I love them. And uh, I'll definitely love to have you back again. And Hopefully, I'm going to get this <laughs> this together so it'll play next next <laughs> Sunday. It'll kick off the show. For All next. right, yeah. Let me know the the link, and then is there any way that I can get a eventually get a copy of this that I can use for my marketing? Yes, yes, absolutely. absolutely. Okay, that sounds good. And tell everybody on your end, hello, sending mm -hmm. our love, and uh, certainly it took a whole year to get on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, can you have me on your show? You just ignored me. So, uh, <laughs> like, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep asking. I'm just gonna keep asking. <laughs> I just get so busy and tied up and go crazy. Oh, I know. Um, I understand, but you know, whenever it happens, it's always the best time. Absolutely. So, this, this is this is definitely a, a great time. And when I always tell people, they say, "Well, I said I'm gonna be interviewed on this show." Um, and I said, it's my cousin's show. And they're like, oh, my God, you know, all these people. It's like, it's, it's just, you know, it's family. So I certainly appreciate it Absolutely. always. Absolutely. But sure, have me back. I'm, I'm more Definitely. than happy to come back. Um, also, I forgot to ask you, um, and you said some special guests. I asked them a song they would like to go out on. Do you have a first favorite song or artist that you would like to... Uh, Oh, I do have a favorite artist, but the song I'm thinking about is um, I'm Every Woman. Okay. Okay. We can do that. All right. I'll put that on the end. And okay. uh, all right. You have a fantastic day. All right. You too. Thanks, Floyd. All I'll right. talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye.
That's the original. It's Chaka Khan. I'm Every Woman. And that's uh, a song my cousin, Dr. Tamara Foley, uh, wanted as her send-off song on the Alvin Galloway show. And since my cousin had to wake a had to wait a whole year <laughs> to get on my show, I had to give her a double dose of her requests. Uh, first, we heard uh, Whitney Houston, um, "Every Woman," and uh, at the end, the classic Chaka Khan's "Um, Every Woman." And don't forget, we have those wonderful. The Alvin Galloway Show t-shirts available for you to wear, to style and profile with the great model that ends our show every week. Check us out on uh, Facebook, The Alvin Galloway Show, uh, and check out our podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast shows. And stay tuned. We'll be back every Sunday right here on RadioPhoenix.org from 2 to 4. And as I always say, today is a great day to make somebody's day great. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Alvin Galloway Show podcast. We hope you like our show. And if you do, we hope that you will show your support by sharing our podcast with others and also supporting us monetarily. No donation is too small. We thank you again, and we'll see you on the next show.